I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi guys, welcome back to Soul Sisters. I'm your host, Jesse Katz. I'm Dara Golub. Our other host. And uh, guys, we have some bittersweet news to share with you. I am actually moving on from Billboard at the end of the month. And so for now, this will be the final Soul Sisters that we are releasing into the world. Uh, and we are ending it in such a fitting way. Um, and so to give you the full picture of why that is, let's go back to the beginning of how Dara and I met. Which you may have heard bits and pieces of the story before, but it all happened when we noticed each other on Twitter and Dara sent me a DM. Well, let's go back a little bit further. I was a fan of yours from your old podcasts. Right. So okay. I had tweeted at you in like probably 2014 or 15 yeah. that I was a fan. Right. You never replied. And I, 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 I feel like I refuted that at some point and that I had responded, but it didn't go anywhere. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just tweets in the night, not really landing. And then uh, I think I was scrubbing through my my Twitter feed when I moved back to New York. And I had noticed that Dara had tweeted at me. And so I followed her. Yeah. And then you sent me a DM. Right. Because your, your um, bio had said that you were a billboard content creator. Right. So... Um, and I, and that I was also uh, a filmmaker, filmmaker, producer, yeah, outside of my billboard job. So, so this is your DM, which I'm going to read to you all now. Okay, <laughs> this was on November 30th, 2015. So this is about three months before Soul Sisters launched officially. Wow. It says, "Hey Jesse, feels fortuitous. You followed me moments before I emailed Billboard Lounge at Barclays about filming there on Saturday when I play with my band Parlor Tricks." Curious if you found me through that upcoming show or what, and if you might want to chat more, one young female New York Jewish filmmaker to another. I'd like to share my project if you're open. And then you wrote your email address, and you said, thanks for the follow. And then you sent me another DM a minute later. You said, <laughs> also, so intrigued by your positive thoughts on Doll and M and Mistress America. <laughs> Must read links because I guess I've been tweeting about these things that I was super into at the time. Yeah. So, Mistress America, of course, is the Perfect Noah Baumbach segue. film. Noah Baumbach and Greta Gerwig, right. I think, wrote it together. Mm -hmm, I think so. Starring Greta and Lola, Lola Kirk. Kirk. 
who yes. is our guest on this for now last episode of Soul Sisters. And when Dar and I first met, one of the things that we bonded over was how much we loved that movie and also Mozart in the Jungle. Yeah. And Lola was an example of the ideal guest that we would book on this podcast we were conceiving of together where we would talk to not just musicians, but also uh, actors who were in music-related projects. We didn't even know at the time that Lola was a musician. Right. She was just this awesome actor that did music-related stuff. Yeah, right. that pretended to be a musician, <laughs> and we thought that was enough crossover that we could use this podcast as an excuse to talk to her. Uh, and and lo and behold, a couple years later, she has started to put out music, and she has an album coming out this year. And it was actually before I knew that I was going to be leaving, but I thought, like, what the hell, let's try again reached out to see if she would come on the show, and she said, yeah. Oh, awesome. And Thanks. so she came on. We had this amazing conversation with her, and it's ended up being our last one. Wow. So Last one for now, we'll say. For now, yeah. for now. We will not say goodbye. No, the we'll show's say. going on hiatus. Yeah. Um, it could definitely resume in another form, uh, hopefully still with us at the helm, yeah. because it's been a highlight of... of real highlight of my life our lives yeah yeah and i think it's kind of a fitting i'm glad that you just told our little love story that we have told in bits and pieces but the way that we met and sort of made it happen is sort of emblematic of what i think we talk a lot about on the podcast which is like how do you move forward in your career i think like being bold taking chances using the internet in ways that are incredibly positive and taking full advantage of this connectivity that we have and I just love that, like, none of that could have would have happened if we didn't follow up on things and we didn't say, I don't know about this, but let me just walk forward and try something out. We had a date. It didn't end for hours. It was an epic, epic moment. And it just clicked from there. But we had to have faith that, like, hey, let me try this. Totally. And, and um, I think that's a good, like, lesson to leave us on also because... All of this is is a hustle. It's a struggle. It's really hard. It's really challenging, but it can be so rewarding. And the more that you put yourself out there, the more you're going to get. And Which is what we hear from our guests all the time. All the time. It's just put your intentions and your hard work out into the universe. It will come back to you. I swear this has happened to me so many times since I moved back to New York. This podcast and you are the epitome of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just the beginning. It's the beginning. It's just the beginning. Right. <laughs> to new adventures. Exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so uh, to any artists who are listening out there, um, you know, reach out to us. We both are still in the world. 100%. Uh, still doing Still working thing. on all the other hustles and hope to keep talking to all of you um, and to our listeners who have followed us throughout the past couple of years. Uh, thank you, and we'll just we'll see you uh, see for you the next the incarnation. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well then we'll say it one last time for now. Without further ado, here's Lola Kirk on Soul Sisters. Lola Kirk, welcome to Soul Sisters. Thank you so much. So happy to be here. Um, You were just telling us that you're about to go on vocal rest, so we got you just in time. Yes. So vocal rest, I assume, has exceptions to it. What are the exceptions? I mean, there's no exceptions. This vocal rest is going to involve me not doing any of my favorite things. Talking is probably one of my favorite things to do. Singing also. Uh But eating chocolate, drinking, dairy. I love doing dairy. (laughs) Um, Citrus. It's it's lame. Wow, that's intense. 
But is that because be you're going? It. You have like a run of shows coming up? Um, no, it's actually because I did a movie with my sister, and in the movie. I had to scream at her, and I think I took 27 years of rage out in that one scene, and I burst a blood vessel on my vocal cord. And Holy shit. I know, it's terrible. This <laughs> so, is with Jemima? Yeah, this is okay. with Jemima. Um, <laughs> no, I, I can't mean, imagine you screaming at Domino. I mean, it's definitely happened Okay. Um, but By no. the way, she's been on this show, so we're going to oh, get into good. what she said about you later. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's right. She went on the record about you. I'm terrified anyway, let's get back now. to you screaming at Jemima. Okay, so I screamed no, at Jemima <laughs> and, and hurt myself, uh-huh. which goes to show anger only ever hurts you. Did right. you feel it in the moment? I felt it the next day. It was the worst sore throat I've ever had. Um, but it has helped me achieve this, this, you know, smoker's voice. I sound like I've been smoking since I was like 10. Uh It's not true. When did you start smoking? When I was 15. What? No. (laughs) (laughs) That's not true. Um, Yeah, never. Don't do that. Uh -uh. Um, well, we're super stoked to have you on the show because, uh, we were just telling your publicist when we launched this podcast a couple years ago, I think a new season of Mozart had just come out. And so Dara and I had also just met pretty recently. So Mozart was one of the first things that we bonded over, yeah. Mozart in the Jungle. Oh and so God. when we were conceiving of the podcast, we're like, okay, who can we have on the show? We're like, okay, musicians that we love. And also, like, it'd be cool to have Lola Kirk on the show. So maybe it can also be actors that are <laughs> in music-related projects. Yeah, because we didn't even know at the time that you were a musician and that you did have music coming out. So now mm. you're here and you can talk about all the things. I'm so happy that I could make that happen yeah. to you guys. Yes, <laughs> truly. This is going to be one of those podcasts where you just get mad at me the whole time. Because you're going like, to gush. Yeah, well, I'm going to gush. <laughs> and I'm also like, just there's so many things. It's like I can't contain all of the things I want to talk about. Okay, so. well, l- let me start yeah. us <laughs> okay. with I something moved. that's a little focused to, to the music thing before we expand, Great. which is just to say that I saw you perform in Brooklyn last fall, I think it was, um, for the Ad Hoc series in a church. Oh, yes! Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... First of all, there's no better venue, I realized, to perform in than a church. Like a so small cool. church is like the best acoustics ever. It's I don't know like if that was your It's the best acoustics <laughs> if um, I think you're playing with not like a full band. Okay, sure. Which you were. Which I was, yeah. But, I mean, I had a lot of fun at that show. <laughs> Wait, what do you think the problem was with that? You know, I didn't think there was a problem <laughs> with it, but then someone later was like, the acoustics were terrible. And oh, I was really? like, oh, <laughs> damn. Um, but, you this know. my uneducated <laughs> opinion. To me, I was just like, great sound though. coming from everywhere. This is amazing. Well, it's, a diff- it's probably just a completely different animal of a, of a, of a performance. Right, sound. totally. Like, and I feel like that's the trick of being a musician who doesn't tour with like your own sound engineer and like is going to be playing clubs all the time it's it's figuring out how to sound great no matter the venue and i'm working on that yeah just like i'm working on my angles in the mirror <laughs> there you go <laughs> it was also amazing because i think jemima was there with was that one of her sons who was with her it was her both of her kids okay but yeah and she had to leave like halfway through the set because she was with kids and that's what happens but they filmed the whole things. thing okay, my niece did a brilliant job of, of filming <laughs> the awesome. performance which was great because no one else took a single picture oh there you go <laughs> so it was a nice little family affair but something that i noticed in that show that i wanted to ask you about was that you had an all-female band with you which 
kind of astounded me because I was thinking whether or not I had seen that before. Like, I've seen all-female bands. Like, um, there's this band called Guns and Hoses, which is like Guns and Oh, my God, I love that. And it's all women. So, like, yeah. So, like, I've seen that before when it's been kind of part of what the band is supposed to be. But just, like, a singer who has an all-female backing band, I don't think I'd ever seen that before. So I just want to ask you, like... So crazy to have to say this question. Yeah, Yeah, but I have to. So... Uh, how intentional was that? Are these people that you are going to continue to perform with? Are they on your upcoming album? Just tell us about that. Yeah, so I, I kind of wanted to normalize the all-female rock band because you don't really see that at all. I think we've just accepted that rock outfits are like five white dudes, and um, I, I love a lot of those men. Right. But um, but I, I wanted to change that. And, you know, growing up, uh, I, my dad is a musician, and... I had always just kind of accepted that men played music, women loved music, and uh, that Love was the how. the men who played music. And, yeah, exactly. Um, and so I never really uh, felt empowered to pick up an instrument. And then uh, when I finally did, um, I started playing. I, I like discovered all these women who also played music, and I've always just shared my music mostly with other women and and have a really strong community of of female friends that all play um and i wanted it's always just been like my dream to have some dreamy all-girl band and uh when i started playing out more i just i just wanted to do that so it wasn't hard to find the women they were already in your circle of friends you know, and... it's harder to find a, a woman drummer um mm, yeah. but there are some really great women drummers but it's it's very easy to find pretty much every other yeah instrument and it was easy for you to pick it up so you picked picked up guitar later in life you okay had... i picked up a ukulele first full <laughs> disclosure <laughs> that's the great, okay. great gateway well now bring in a domino quote lola in her own right learned how to play every instrument over the course of a year Oh my God, that is the sweetest misunderstanding (laughs) of who I am. That is so nice. Because we were asking her, like, uh, who came first? Like, she's uh, substantially older than you, so it seemed like she had a career going, and then you started playing music, so we were like, you know, was this her trying to emulate Big Sister? Um, I mean, I would, you know, when I say that men, I accepted that men were musicians, Uh Domino was always a singer and that was like the, her like God given gift. And we all admired her so much for that. And I went to every single one of her concerts when I was younger and like would stand front row center singing every word. I still get her songs stuck in my head from that period. And I love the music that she's making now. Yeah, it's great. Um, But I did not learn how to play every <laughs> instrument in the space of a year. What so, do you play now after ukulele? I, I started playing guitar after the ukulele. And then my boyfriend, Wyndham, who produced my record and my EP, when I tour with him, I play the bass. And I'm really good at the bass only insofar as I can play every note that he tells me how to play. Like, I can't, I couldn't be like, oh, yeah, that's a B. <laughs> yeah, and then you just go to a G. Like, it's like the fourth fret second string and then down to the fifth fret like yeah. that's how i that's my understanding of the bass okay. but apparently i'm pretty groovy on it so oh yeah is that the <laughs> yeah. feedback yeah people have been like you're a great bass player and i'm like i've tricked them <laughs> it's like people think you're an amazing oboist oh my god i know that is that is so cool well yeah and i'm curious the connection of like you being able to just say you don't know the notes you don't know what you're doing but you can do it and i'm curious when when you were being taught how to play the oboe and now conduct and we'll get into that a little bit more but were you taught 
what you're actually doing or did they say do this right now and that'll look right or did they try to explain it to you I mean like, there was some attempt at explaining like the method and technique of playing the oboe um, but more or less it was like just do this and that's like I think honestly why I became an actor was I love being told what to do precisely I was watching I went to the ballet the other night and I was watching these dancers and they could do anything with their body. And I was like, oh, wow, that is exactly the job description of a dancer. It's not to, like, look pretty particularly or, or you know, just be, like, dancing. Like, you have to be able to do anything that the choreography requires. And I think as an actor, it's a similar thing, not necessarily with your body, but, like, if someone tells you, like, you have to play an oboe, then you have to play an oboe right. and figure out how to make that believable in some way. Um, and... Yeah, I don't know. But I do love being told what to do. And I think that that's something that I want to get away from more in all of my creative endeavors. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, songwriting is a whole is, is the opposite almost. You're telling yourself what to do and you have to come right. up with it. And I mean, what is your songwriting process? Oh, it involves like me getting drunk and being alone. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Um, <laughs> but typically songwriting comes out of solitude for me. Um I can't say it comes out of like uh, intense periods of free time because I don't have that much. Yeah. And I typically find myself writing after like a 15 hour day mm. uh, wow. of work because I so think. You're just on? Yeah, I'm so just much? on and I've been talking to lots of other people. And, mm. and then that's like, it's been my way of transitioning into, um, you know, private space, getting away from this like public persona that I have to put out and then and and being able to express what I what I probably couldn't all day in some other way yeah. um but I don't know I think that's it, it happens pretty organically whenever it does and there are like periods of time when I will have no ideas and nothing to say or saying yeah um and then there are times when I, I can't stop and um but, but but when I feel like I should be writing, there are like a few methods that my friend uh, Greta Morgan, who plays in whose band is Springtime Carnivore, has has relayed to me, and those have been really helpful. Why? What makes you feel in a given time that you should be writing? Like it's been a while, and <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's the same voice that tells me that I should do anything, which yeah. is a very right. loud one for which me. Which is fascinating. We talk a lot on this podcast about. Uh, managing your time and being creative within doing different things that you have to do and things that you want to do. Because and we struggle with this constantly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's funny to hear you say as someone who works constantly that you feel pressure to do something that you're not doing. Like if I were. But it's it, different you, kinds of work. Sure. Sure. Yeah. But it's still like. It's you're not fulfilled. You're not you don't feel like, oh, I've done my job for the day. I never I feel that way. Right. I think if That's you want to create be great, yeah. great. the key to success. Yeah. I, mean, Always feeling I like think it's also like up. the key to low self-esteem. But I think <laughs> also that important that, for success. I think, I think so, too. If yeah. you want to have a really productive kid, just give them really low self-esteem. Exactly. Make sure they have to scream for attention. Exactly. And they will go far in life. Okay. Um, does living in the imaginary world of Mozart and the Jungle feed you as an artist? I think I really envy the character that I play on TV because she got to move to or on streaming. I don't know. It's not TV. <laughs> yeah. It's TV Amazon. <laughs> um, I, I, I think I envy her because she got to like move to New York and, and be a young person who is experiencing a city anew. And that was never my experience like I was like 
a 40 year old by the time I was 17 <laughs> um, living in New York and yeah. and figuring out how to leave New York, even though now I have this like renaissance of love for this city. Um, but yeah, I, I think that I was just always like jealous of kids that got to come here and, and like set up shop and be like freaks because I didn't really get that. So it's nice to play her on TV. Yeah. Yeah. But do you like living in the classical world? Does that like inspire you in any way for your own music? Are you learning things through the those Well, stories? I've been <laughs> I it's funny. I've been um editing a music video that I directed for one of my songs uh -huh. and I was sitting with the editor and I found myself like being like and here and doing all these like conducting <laughs> moves yeah. big big arm so, movements. So, yeah, it was so lame, but it was actually helpful. He was getting he was like really twitchy and scared yeah. of me thinking <laughs> I was about jarring. to hit him every time yeah. <laughs> um but it's definitely informed my confidence I think also with like telling my band what I want okay um, yeah that's huge yeah and and like my experience as a musician was always that like I'm a better actor than I am a musician like I'm just doing this like for fun sort of but actually no it's totally serious but just bear with me and help me and like I because I play with musicians who are incredible they're career musicians but they're also like that's what they live and breathe and sometimes it can be embarrassing to be like I don't know um exactly like I don't know how to be like come in on the one and then like <laughs> yeah. I that it, no, I'm learning. so intimidating it is really intimidating yeah. but the arc of the character on the show this this past season especially has been her like becoming a conductor and gaining confidence uh, telling people what to do, and that was helpful. Yeah, Dara, yeah. I know you have a lot to know, say I'm about just, that storyline. Well, I was season. really moved by this season. Oh, good. Yeah, and I'm—I mean, I'm firstly curious, like how in general Mozart sets up the ideas that it's going to present, because it's such a quirky and fantastical show with like very real grounded elements in the classical music world and of being an, a young artist, but also totally out there yeah um so i'm curious just like in general how how the showrunners and, and the producers normally set up like this is this is what we're doing and specifically about this season because it really was about you know giving voice and platform to a female conductor which a quote from the show which i believe to be true only four out of the top 150 orchestras in the world are led by women yeah. and so this show now has that front and center in the season and it's like it was really really striking to see and yeah you, I mean it was amazing I mean I I don't know what their process is and how you know because the world of classical music is, is vast and wide and how do you you know in 10 30 minute episodes create something that expresses that um but I think that the showrunners and writers are are conscious about uh, what's happening right now in, in, in the real world. And I think that bringing uh, a woman conductor or bringing a woman into a position of power that's typically held by a man uh, is, is really important to see. Right. I imagine it wasn't necessarily like presented to you as the arc of your character when you took this role. It wasn't like, oh, <laughs> she's going to become a conductor. They well, probably no, not at all, because right. the book... Um, oh, right. The there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. 
Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The book, I, I think that it was interesting to see my character have this trajectory where she rises to even more power and like becomes a conductor because in the book, the trajectory of that character is like um, very decadent and... Um, destructive, but like, and, and I think that's that's necessary to see in a lot of ways because I had never expected that of of people in the classical music world. I just thought they were like perfect uh-huh. and didn't do normal human things. Yeah, <laughs> um, but it was nice to to realize that that was not the case. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you have you know that season's out, so that's done. You have a bunch of movies that are coming out right now, and you also have an album that's coming out while all of that is happening. So you're truly living the multi-hyphenate life of juggling a lot of different projects. Yeah, it's a lot more work than I thought it would be. Yeah? Yeah, <laughs> it actually is. You're like, is. can I just put out music and then it's out and people can listen to it? <laughs> yeah, I, that's not true. I mean, because I've yeah. always played music, so I didn't think that like doing, like making it public instead of just having it be personal would yeah. would necessitate that much more work right but it actually does okay so maybe i shouldn't do this (laughs) you'll see which one you get burnt out on quicker exactly do you have people do you have like you know someone in the band who you know will take care of this or take care of that so it's not all on you that's like i think the the strange part about being a solo musician is that like it's it's my band like i mean and that does like that means that everyone else in the band makes money except for me when we play a concert because I have to pay everybody. You're paying for it, yeah. yeah. And like that's that's awesome because I have like the privilege of releasing my music into the world. But sure. um, it, 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 is it's it a steady band? Is it like the same? Well, no. Life? It also it also changes. I mean, I have a a, out, a rock and roll outfit <laughs> that I've been playing with in New York City uh, that include. Uh, some of my favorite New York musicians, Cassandra Jenkins, uh, who's a wonderful singer-songwriter, Hannah Reed, who is also a wonderful singer-songwriter, Lila Larson, also a wonderful singer-songwriter, and then a rotating cast and crew of drummers. Um, (laughs) And then in L.A., the band that I play with is now in their own band. So Ah. as much as I Like they started a band with each other? (laughs) Sort of. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, they were always sort of in a band, but then they like really started their own band. Okay. And their band is incredible. Um, They're called Amo Amo. And so I I love playing with them because they're already like such a tight group of musicians. Yeah. Um, But they're going to like fly away and do their own thing. So I got to find a new LA (laughs) band, I guess. Are you LA based? Uh, I'm pretty back evenly back and forth okay, between okay. New York and LA. Got it. So you have to spend equal time with these bands, developing them, and yeah. yeah. I mean, I play more in LA than I do, do here. You? Yeah. Okay. Why is that? I don't know. More venues for you? I guess. I think all of my friends moved to LA for the most part, except for uh, those like three people I mentioned. Okay. Um, and all of my friends are musicians, so I don't know. I I feel like there's a 
there's a pretty vibrant music scene happening Definitely. in Los Angeles right now, and I'm sure yeah. there's one happening here too. I'm just like not involved at all. I mostly no, I hang out in my apartment. More, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. About LA or Nashville. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, Nashville. Nashville. Love Your next Nashville. stop. Yeah. I'd love to go. I mean, I've been and I liked right. it. Yeah. Um, a lot when of did edgy you... Christians? Right. <laughs> exactly. You never know what you're gonna get from them. True. Yeah. When did you start writing the new album? I start the the oldest song on the record. I started writing like three years ago. Okay, but this um, is nothing from the EP. Nothing it's from the new. EP. Okay, um, and it was like a really weird song with chords that I think I made up. Eh, nice. Um, thanks. <laughs> um, and that song survived. Uh, but then everything else is is pretty much written in, in 2016 and 2017. Okay. Like while you were shooting other stuff, doing other stuff. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, there's no the the song's cohesiveness is not that they're all about one thing. Uh-huh. Um, they're they're really not. There's such a range. I mean, they're about like family and longing and wanting to have sex and not having sex and being drunk and politics. So it's like everything yes. that I like talking about. Uh-huh. Um, but. The, the 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 cohesion is that it's like everything that it's just things it's I like talking about yeah. Yeah, yeah and that we recorded all of the songs um live to tape which was really so oh. fun I mean the sonic reference for the record that really stood out was Neil Young's Hawks and Doves mm. um and I think that we were able to achieve something close but also different yeah so is monster the single that's out now pretty emblematic of the rest of the album yeah it, it is pretty emblematic of the rest of the album but then also like not at all <laughs> right <laughs> I mean, sonically more like represents a cohesiveness of that yeah there's a lot of like harmonies uh-huh. there there will yeah. be which i i love i'm such a sucker for harmonies <laughs> and i'm so lucky that all of my friends sing beautifully yeah um because all of my friends sing on that record that's for awesome. the most part the ones that 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 didn't sing on that record did aren't really your else. good friends. No, terrible <laughs> friends. No, but they've done something else for the record, like done illustrations or done oh, like nice. some sort of graphic design or taken a picture or whatever. Um, it feels really nice to have such a strong community of people who make things I like. Yeah. Um, that's how you become my friend. If I like what you make, <laughs> then we can be friends. Um, but. Yeah, I, I forget now what I was saying. Well, I, I'll bring up another domino quote, my last domino oh. quote. But because we were talking about the difference between your two styles of music, and she said about you, her music's a lot more country and sweet. Mine's just a little sadder, which I think <laughs> is true on the surface, maybe. But like if you listen to Monster, sure, it sounds kind of country. You sing it sweetly, but the lyrics are kind of sad. Like the sadness is there. It's kind of sad. Yeah. I mean, I saw someone wearing a t shirt on Instagram today, and it said, like, sad songs make me happy and i was like yeah that's so true yeah, totally um and they certainly make me happy to to write them because it's a way of putting what's inside outside and and making some sense of it or making something beautiful out of it yeah um but i yeah a lot of the a lot of the things i write about i guess are are sad <laughs> right well it's a catharsis it's hard to write songs about being happy yeah and honestly it's it's not as interesting I don't know. Unless you're like in a really happy mood, that song is great. But usually most of us live in an in-between state of flux. Well, I think also art comes from a space of longing and longing isn't typically happy. Totally. And also like something that I've loved so much about um, like consuming art and, and experiencing it throughout my life is that it's made me feel 
love in a twofold way, which is that I love the person who's who's sharing that with me and the 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 thing that they're creating. But I also uh, feel loved by them because I feel very seen and, and heard. And that's exactly. like such a that's like the greatest thing that you could do to someone is is the gift of attention in some way. So right. I mean, I, I I think that though my music is is you know uh, melancholic. In, in certain ways, that it comes from a positive place, which is a place of love. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because if you're sad and you listen to something that sounds like it's written by someone who can relate to how you're feeling, mm. it makes you feel less alone and therefore it makes you happier. Exactly. Yeah. So okay. simple, but so true. Basically the yeah. message of Monster. Yes. A little bit. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and I love, and then you get to be totally wildly creative when you have a song that can be about something that's super relatable. We all understand it's about, you know, wanting to feel connected and belong. But then your music video is so out there right. it's like very you know simple but then it becomes there's like this under layer that's like so you're like so I love that music video. it's amazing yeah yes. my friend Liz Ko who directed it as a writer on Mozart in the Jungle and she basically was like we're going to Japan we should make a music video when we're there and I was like when yeah <laughs> like when are we shooting all the time yeah. and we shot it from like 1 a.m. to 5 a.m. oh my god uh, on the nights uh that we were not shooting yeah. and um and I'm so happy we did. It's so dope. And I have to, funny stories. I I watched it and I watched it again with my fiance. And I was like, I must have been like watching, but not like focusing. And I was just like, what is happening? Like, and he like was kind of in and out. And he's like, oh yeah, this is what it. This is the whole thing. He, like, knew he explained it. Was a squid? It. Yeah. Oh no. yeah. He, <laughs> From the beginning. From like he like saw snippets and he was like, oh yeah, she's turning into. I was like, fuck. So like oh, this, it's a visual artist who it's makes very videos. Plain, so his but it's eyes trained to. Yeah, but it's like it's one of those. It the song is not about that, and yet it works so beautifully. Yeah, and it adds this layer. It's just like there's a really fun thing about music videos that you get to do, which is like be completely out there with something that's very grounded. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. I mean, I, that's <laughs> like been... how did that come? How did that concept evolve? Well. I think there was this like monster in Japan and then it was like Godzilla. And I was like, no, we can't do that. Um, <laughs> too on the nose. <laughs> yeah, way too on the nose. But that there's this other, uh, I, that w then it was like, I, I don't really I know. see a bottle of fish juice in a vending machine and that's weird. I know. Let I mean, me, mostly do do this is Liz Co, the <laughs> director. Uh, this was all of her idea. This was all her idea. Um, but I think that it just came out of like, I think, like, when you're making a music video, unless you have, like, a giant budget, it's like, how can we make the coolest thing for the least amount of money? Yeah. Right. And, you know, that mu music video looks great, but it was literally me, Liz, and our DP, Kenny Wu, no one else. Um, and I think Japan just, like, added the production yeah. value. Right. But And then we did a lot of... Uh, special effects, and I have no idea how that happened. <laughs> they were like really, all in post, and they were all in post. Yeah, I did yeah. not actually uh, cry black tears. <laughs> um, I know that would have been. We're gonna so ask you cool. how. <laughs> I know. I, my favorite part of that was the like, the the trick of the ink looking like uh, period blood on my yeah. legs because that is like that's why I didn't get it for so long oh, I'm so glad because I think that that is like the an essential woman experience yeah, yeah. Um, is like bleeding all over yourself and not knowing how to deal with that yeah, yeah and totally. being mortified yeah yeah I can't Chris and I were just talking about this I cannot wait until we live in a world where you can just like walk into work or wherever and just say to whoever it is it's a man or a woman like 
I have terrible fucking cramps. Yeah. Like I'm having a bad day. I do that, and it it sometimes works, <laughs> but it's it's nice. Like I I think that we should be talking freely about yes, these things. Yes, it's ridiculous. And I it might be disarming if we start telling people how we feel, and it also might be really uncomfortable for everybody involved. Yeah, but that's fine. Great change has to be uncomfortable at first. Yes. Very true. Yeah. Indeed. Um, are there more music videos coming for the album? Yeah, I I am editing a music video right now um, for another single, and cool. then there's another music video which is also that I did not direct um, that will be coming out after that one. Dope. Oh, so you have your hands in all aspects of these things. Yeah, I mean you kind of have to, and that's what's really exciting I think for me about being a musician too um, is that. There's a creative um, control that I lack as an actor. Mm-hmm. Um, not not that my performance as an actor can't be creative, but there are so many elements that I'm oh, totally yeah. not in control. You're told of. what to do versus I get to decide. Yeah, well, and yeah. all the stuff that happens after mm-hmm. you film, right? Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> um, so the album is coming out this, this summer. summer yeah. yeah, awesome. Um, cool. And hopefully you'll find some time to play some shows and I hope so. I love playing shows. Look out. <laughs> um, you have a website where stuff will be posted? Yes, lolakirkmusic.com, okay. but my Instagram unfortunately is the place where all the place for all lives. the dirt. Yeah, all okay. the dirt, all the sort of naked pictures with emojis over my nipples. Perfect. Yeah. That's What's your lives. Instagram handle? Um, it's also at Lola Kirk. It's not Beautiful. at Lola Kirk. It's just Lola Kirk with an at sign. <laughs> you guys know how to work the internet. It's not at at Lola Kirk. At, at Lola, no, at but Lola that would Kirk. be really confusing and kind of amazing. Right? Yeah. If someone really wants to fuck with you, they'll get that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised we haven't seen a band called like at, at something. Oh, that's true. That'll I bet happen. there is, right? Maybe when it's retro in like 40 yeah, yeah, years, yeah. our kids yeah. will be. What genre artist do you think will do that? Is it like oh, a definitely. rapper? Like a it would be a rapper, star. but like like synth pop. Right. Well, yeah, rap. there's like internet. Yeah. Like, oh, there is. There's there is someone the, named yeah. internet. Yeah, the internet, right? Is it at internet? No, it's just the internet. At oh, internet okay. is really good. Yeah, right? Yeah. 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 You're welcome, world. Whoever wants to take that one. Yeah, yeah you, you can, can just give it. us 10% of everything you make. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right, awesome. Well, we can't wait for the album and the videos and all the other stuff that you have going on. Thank you, Lola. Oh, thank Thanks you guys so, so much. much. This was a really great way to spend my morning. Oh, good. We feel the same. No Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.